0: September 28th. Daylight. The
1: monsters have overtaken the city. Somehow, I'm still alive. Stuck.
0: Greetings everyone to the Bloobcast Halloween episode. <laughs> Ooh,
2: also um. known as Blue Bowen.
0: Blue yes, I did mean to say that, but then I forgot. Yes, happy <coughs> Blue <Blooberween>, everyone. <laughs>
2: First, why are we casts STARS! 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 STARS!
0: I'm gonna do a few takes. STARS! Yeah, something like that. <laughs>
2: yeah, you've got a choice there. <laughs> yeah, I might just use all of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just smash them all together um, into one.
2: Stars. STARS! So what are we doing for this year's Blooberween?
0: Today, we are discussing the third installment of the Resident Evil video game series. We took a little hiatus last year to talk about Silent Hill, but we are back to Resident Evil to discuss my favorite game in the series, which a lot of people will have comments about. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. And we will also discuss the remake. And Rob and I will even discuss a little bit of Resident Evil Apocalypse, (laughs) which is a semi-adaptation but as anyone who's seen those movies will tell you the connection between those movies and the games themselves is pretty far, but yes, this is Resident Evil Three: Nemesis, originally released in 1999 for the PlayStation
2: and the GameCube as well. And we are actually talking about it this time because I know we said in our Beyond and Evil episode it'd be our next episode, and then we decided to do the Iron Giant. But this is legit Resident Evil Three. We're not going to talk about something else.
1: The spookiest thing is misleading your listeners. You got to keep people guessing. Mm-hmm. It's the true survival horror.
2: Yeah,
0: element of surprise. Absolutely,
2: jump scare. I (laughs) giant episode (laughs) 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 re3 was on the gamecube yeah and the dreamcast yes
0: wow dreamcast i think the gamecube version is the best one right because there was like a bunch of stuff that they added to that one
2: but the dreamcast version was cool because you know the dreamcast controller has that little screen thing that plugs into it i think it was the same for all resident evil games on the dreamcast but you could see your health on there oh, so, you to keep looking, oh. so you didn't have to keep pausing your game to see your status and like, like how your health is.
0: That's really cute that they continued that with the recent remakes where the PlayStation controller turns from green to yellow to red. That's really cute that they remembered to do that so <laughs> many years later. That's really cute, sorry. <laughs> But yeah, I guess we'll talk about the premise just before we jump into it. So Resident Evil, it's a zombie survival horror game. Generally, like the whole series is there's always zombies in them, but also bioengineered monsters and zombie dogs and weird corporation conspiracy theories and all sorts of stuff like that
1: and police officers
0: <laughs> and police officers, of course, <sighs> uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But this one's great because it's about a giant monster that goes around killing police officers. Um, Yeah, so what's interesting about Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, I was thinking about this, is that it's about Jill Valentine, who's one of the protagonists from the first game, from Resident Evil 1. But I know that Carlos kind of comes into it, but there's no, like other game in the first game you can play as either Jill or Chris second game Leon or Claire this was the first game where it was actually this is mainly Jill's story and I think that works really well for this story because ultimately it's about Jill is trying to escape Raccoon City which has been taken over by zombies But while she's trying to escape, the Umbrella Corporation, who are the big baddies who do all the bioengineering and weaponry stuff, they've sent a giant monster thing called Nemesis to kill all of the S.T.A.R.S. members. So S.T.A.R.S. are like the police officers who were involved in the original investigation in the first game. So there's this big hulking monster that walks around going, S.T.A.R.S. Trying to kill Jill, and he kills
2: Brad, the cow who flies away in the helicopter. <laughs> yeah,
0: poor old Brad. <laughs> he survived Resident Evil One only to get his face like cut in half by Nemesis in this game.
1: Jill, uh, Brad, we've got to... a. <laughs>
2: RIP Brad and then you see him in RE2 if you go get to the police station without picking up any items you fight zombie Brad and he gives yes, you a key which yeah. gives you an alternate costume hmm <laughs> Uh, okay. So we know why Brad dies. You know, how he got became zombie Brad.
0: Well, that's the cool thing about Resident Evil 3, because it was originally a kind of... I think it was originally called like Resident Evil 1.9 or something like that, because the idea was that it wasn't in between 1 and 2. It was kind of like right before 2 was the idea. So it was still set in the city when like it's taken over by zombies.
1: It's either side of 2. It, 2 happens during a time jump that happens in 3. Yeah. Which is weird.
2: Yeah, and it's also... It's going to be about Hunk, who's the um, weird Umbrella Black Ops guy. I saw that, yeah. It's it going to be about him on a mm. ship. It's going to be a spin-off. The game that they intended to be Resident Evil 3 was actually Code Veronica, which was a Dreamcast release.
0: It just gets really complicated beyond that. Another project that was going to be Resident Evil 3 then turned into Resident Evil 4, but then that then turned into Devil May Cry, <laughs> which is just a... Com- completely different series so there were a lot of iterations a lot of different ideas being thrown about it's interesting that the original plan was for it to be on a ship because that actually did happen in Resident Evil Revelations so they obviously had That idea floating around in the ether, even after they cancelled it, and they brought it back years later. I
2: think there was, I think that weird one on the Game Boy Color was set on a ship as well, but I've never played it. Okay, which one? I think it's called Resident Evil: Gaiden or something. It was on the Game Boy Color. Oh right! Oh wow! I think you play as Leon. Dubious about whether or not it's canon. Yeah, Resident Evil Gaiden. It came out in 2001 for the Game Boy Color.
0: I mean, we cannot overstate this. There are so many Resident Evil games. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was I was actually... When you said this is the third game, I was like, is it? Because <laughs> there's Resident Evil Zero. Because I, I know there's tons of spin-offs, but I don't know if they're after this one or before it.
2: The story in Resident Evil Gaiden revolves around a viral outbreak on a passenger ship and has Leon S. Kennedy and Barry Burton as the protagonists, but is non-canon. Ah,
0: Barry. Barry is—he's sorely underused. I want Barry back at some point.
2: Chris is our old partner, you know. That was too close. You were
1: almost a Jill sandwich. Isn't he in the Resident Evil Revelations? That's on a ship um, as well. Um,
0: I don't know if he is. I don't think that was Barry. I think he's in. I, that. I think yeah. he was in Revelations too. He might be in it, but he wasn't. He wasn't the guy teamed up with Jill.
1: He's the star's boat specialist.
2: <laughs> but the reason why Resident Evil. well, well, this game became Resident Evil 3 was because of something to do with Sony. They wanted to keep all the numbered entries on the PS1, which is why this game... Right. I do think it feels right being Resident Evil 3 because it's the end of the Raccoon City saga.
0: Well, it's a weird thing because it's kind of Jill's like Swan Song. It's interesting cuz they've never really used her that much since then at least not in like good ways. <laughs> I'm thinking about like
1: I think it's cuz as the series got more as the series got more action based it got very macho. Ugh. Yeah. So like 4 and 5, 7 and 8 all have dude man protagonists. <laughs> and uh Bring Jill back. I think mainly Six is mainly men as well.
0: Yeah, Six is like the notorious one where it was very action-oriented and people just weren't jiving
2: with it. I call that one Michael Bay Resident Evil for a reason. Yeah,
0: I think the issue was they started taking pointers from the films, which they should have just avoided entirely (laughs) because the films like are just so divorced from what makes Resident Evil Resident Evil like they're like action-packed and fast-paced and it's like the scariest and coolest stuff in Resident Evil is when you're walking down a scary corridor or a, in this game, like a, a street and there's like nothing. It's like an abandoned street and you're just terrified that something's coming towards you. you know? the,
1: re- the real horror of Resident Evil is the equivalent of going to work and realizing you forgot to bring your packed lunch. No, like you, you're, you're <laughs> caught out and you don't have any supplies to get you through. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had that. That's happened to me before, I can relate. But you said about the street, Ewan, mm. I want to tie this back to something you mm. said briefly when we talked about Resident Evil 2 a couple of years ago, but this game is kind of yeah. like an expanded version of the opening of Resident Evil 2, where we're just running through uh, like a yes. city that's overrun with zombies, it's, there's a lot of linear streets, but it's still built like a typical Resident mm. Evil area, where you've got like multiple branching paths, you've got to kind of map out where you want to go, and there's paths that are blocked off until you have access to certain items, and stuff like like you need a mm. hose to be able to get past the fire.
0: It's really interesting how they managed to turn the level design of originally like the mansion from the first game where it's like this big kind of maze-like structure but very closed. How they managed to achieve that with like an open world situation like a city. Like you'd think to yourself well why wouldn't Jill just run down this certain path and it's like well because there's a giant crashed bus there.
1: piles of buses everywhere. There's
0: so many buses.
1: I think the backtracking stuff doesn't really work in this one. Like, it feels a little tacked on to me. Mm. So, like, that whole opening section is mainly fairly linear. You just kind of run in the one direction and there's, like, Mm. a couple of bits where you can double back. And then you get to the end of the area and it felt like the devs said to themselves, Oh shit, this is Resident Evil, we should have backtracking <laughs> and you have to go all the way yeah. <laughs> back to the start of the area. Yeah. Oh to get yeah. To use the fire hose, pick up one item and yeah. then go all the way back to the end again. And then you move on for good.
0: All the way back. Uh, that's something that stumped me. Oh, yeah, you get completely thrown off because you just think, oh, did I do something wrong? Where am I meant to go?
2: Yeah, I had that. I, was, I went to the garage and then, then I was like, I, I did all the stuff there and then I went to the power station. I was like, okay, so I'm going to start trying to wrap my brain. What do I do next? I've got these, this hose, but what do I do with it? And then I was, I think I looked it up in the end and I was like, oh, so I've got to go all the way back yeah. to like the start of the game.
0: Yeah, they really needed like just a bit of dialogue work. Where- Carlos just comes out with like, Oh, I think I saw something over at the gun shop or whatever. You know what I mean? Just something to like send you in the right direction.
1: Because it's easy to forget about that fire.
0: I don't know though. I mean, the original game, like if you play it, obviously we've played it a fair few times now where we know where to go but that original game like you play it and and it does just throw you into the deep end and and you are just kind of wondering wait where do i go what do i do ah it does throw you off but i agree the backtracking i will defend it though because i absolutely love the way that the enemies work in this game and of course the way nemesis works he's like
2: the most iconic part of the game oh yeah well resident evil 3 nemesis (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, in Resident Evil 2, we had Mr. X, but he only showed up at set moments during like the second half of the game, whereas Nemesis is a looming hmm. threat and much more unpredictable because like once you run away from Mr. X in the original game, you won't see him again until the next time he's set to show up. Nemesis, while well, he does have yeah. some moments where he's kind of set to show up, but he follows you through doors and he chases you. Yeah, that was the scariest thing ever. And you also have the choice. You can take him on or flee. Yeah. And
0: you can take him on if you want. Good luck. (laughs) You definitely
1: should. You get upgrades and stuff.
0: I know, I know. They do reward you, but it's pretty tough. Even with, like, the Magnum. I remember, like, early on, I managed to get the Magnum in the police station, and even using that was still, like, a gamble. Like, he he would just wreck me completely every time. So, yeah, so Nemesis, I I like him a lot because he's a stalker.
2: To show how much of a badass Nemesis is, this game does not have a normal difficulty setting. It has hard mode <laughs> and easy mode. There is no <laughs> in-between.
1: That's an existential crisis yeah, for that... when you play this game for the first time.
0: Yeah, yeah. What even is easy? Cause I remember I played easy mode first time I played this game.
2: I remember still struggling with it. It wasn't like walk in the park. So I want to kind of dovetail from that into my first Experience with this game because yeah. I knew Resident Evil was a trilogy on the PS1, but I didn't really know much about three because I'd heard about one being in the mansion and two being about Leon in the police station and running around Raccoon City. And then I think when I was hmm. uh, about 22, I bought a retro game gamer retrospective magazine on the PS1 and it had an article on Resident Evil three, and it mentioned Nemesis following around and it said, "Oh, they wanted the developers wanted to be like the Terminator." And I thought, "Oh, this sounds interesting," hmm. but Obviously, I wasn't really into Resident Evil then. I was put off by the ink ribbon thing.
0: Yes, famously.
2: After I played Resident Evil 2 like four or five years ago, that got me into the series. I was like, okay, I need to play more Resident Evil games. And I bought myself Resident Evil 3. And I admittedly started out on easy mode because I would played Resident Evil 2 and I struggled my way through easy the first time I played it. Now I can play it normally, no problems. But yeah, but what I didn't realize Mm. was what they meant by easy mode because (laughs) the game starts you out on easy mode with an assault rifle, which has lots and lots of ammo. <laughs> and yeah, then you get to your first chest. You look in the chest. Every gun in the game is in there. <laughs> and you have unlimited <laughs> ink ribbons.
0: I just love the idea that Jill just happens to be packing a, an assault rifle
2: in her in her apartment. Never leave
1: the house without it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonder where she stands on the whole American gun situation. I think it's pretty clear where she stands on that.
0: I mean, it could be from Barry. Yeah, <laughs> Barry true. is famously a member of the NRA, <laughs> uh, as noted in uh, Resident Evil 2.
2: So even though I got through Resident Evil 2, struggled on that game's easy mode, which... I don't think it's too much easier, but it's yet much more ammo. I thought, okay, this is too much. So I think I put the assault rifle straight away and just carried the guns I thought I'd need. And in spite of the advantages, I still struggled through that mode of the game. So yeah, I only played it through the once. Um, The minis go back for it for a couple of years. And yeah, I played it again for this, and I think because I, I'm not as familiar with this one, I did go for the easy mode again, just because I thought I need to be able to kind of get through this game in time, and I don't want to like waste resources, yeah. get stuck, and have to keep starting again. But yeah, I also did play the remake when that came out. It came out. I remember like right after we went into lockdown when Covid hit and I remember just wow, playing through yeah. that I was like one of the solaces of that lockdown because I was quite bummed out about not being able to like go to gigs and stuff but I could play Resident Evil 3 when it came out
1: so... You're escaping real world situation of being locked in your room while a disease is rampaging around by uh, playing Resident Evil 3 <laughs>
2: <laughs> the last escape. <laughs> that is funny because I remember at the time Kadikaris was streaming that game, and ah. he called his stream the worst pandemic game ever, or most poorly times pandemic game ever, or something
1: like that. You could have been playing Animal Crossing and like vibing on an island with all your friends, but instead <laughs> you're blowing zombies' heads off.
0: Lame. Blow zombies' heads off. That's way cooler. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Ewan, I know this is your absolute favourite in the Resident Evil series. I want to know how you got into
0: it yeah it is it is my favorite and I completely understand why it is no one else's favorite
1: <laughs> um, you're gonna explain where you caught your brain worms yeah
0: well the giant worm ate me and then spat me out and then it kind of all went oh wrong we'll from get there. to the worm later <laughs> 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 but yeah I remember distinctly the cover for the original playstation one game and how it had the the picture of nemesis on it and I can't remember why I even remember that because I don't think I was even like a fan of Resident Evil at the time, kind of vaguely knew about the series and was kind of intrigued but a bit scared of it. And then yeah, I remember looking at Nemesis and I was like, huh, that's kind of cool that it has the picture of the monster on the front. And then obviously I got into Resident Evil. It was kind of around uni or just before uni I started playing Resident Evil 1 and then I played Resident Evil 2. And then yeah, I played Resident Evil 3 a few years ago, maybe three, four years ago now. And there was something about it, despite frustrations which we'll get into I think there's there's things about it that I just really love I love the fact that it is in the city we kind of touched on that but I love the fact that it is this big sprawling map that is just full of monsters like there's almost no downtime whatsoever like there's a few sections that are kind of safe but not really like you go into the next zone and then suddenly it's just you're just attacked by zombies immediately or and here's the really cool detail is that they randomize the enemies so one time I'll be playing and there'll be an area that I've run through and oh it's zombies okay I'll figure out a way to get past them. Then other times, I ran through that same area and it was dogs. When I replayed the game this time around, I remembered this section where I could have sworn that it was crows that jumped out and attacked me when I played it originally. This time it was dogs, which caught me off guard. Oh
2: yeah, I had the crows this time. It's definitely a thing. Because I remember there's one part where I think there's hunters, and then I think right. I think sometimes I think the hunters kill me, and I tried it again, and there were zombies.
0: Mm. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah whereas i remember distinctly in the final part the factory i remember just it was all hunters and it was like a nightmare because oh it was ter- so hunters are, hunters are like these terrifying i don't know what you call them like frog like or yeah like reptilian reptilian yeah but humanoids bipeds uh when i played it originally the factory was just full of hunters whereas this time round playing it, it was, and this was on hard mode. When I played it before, it was on easy mode. <laughs> this time around, when I played it on hard mode, it was all the Deomar spug bug things, which were also still a problem. They actually managed to kill me towards the end, which is pretty crazy. They just swarmed me. I just couldn't get away from them.
2: Are those those weird um, lizard things that are in the sewer?
0: They're the... The, the, the cockroach bug- things. No, that the, that's the leeches, right? No, it's like the bug-like things crawling around the walls and yeah, stuff.
2: Yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They're scary. I got killed by them a few times on this playthrough. I don't know how. I I thought I was ready for them, but I really wasn't. (laughs) Just one last thing. I really, I love Jill a lot. I know that all of these characters are like cardboard cut out for the most part. Like there isn't much characterization to them, but I always think that if there was one of them I wanted to hang out with, it would definitely be Jill. I just think she's the cool kid. And so I really, I think it's really cool that she has her own solo story where like before that, it's always been a kind of ensemble thing. It all began as an ordinary day in September, an ordinary day in Raccoon City, a city controlled by Umbrella. No one dared to oppose them, and that lack of strength would ultimately lead to their destruction. I suppose they had to suffer the consequences of their actions, but there would be no forgiveness. So I don't know why. I just reacted really strongly to it. And I think as the years have gone by, despite how frustrating games can be sometimes, when I look back at them, I just have to think about what was my overall response to it. And it's kind of like with... Silent Hill 3 as well, which like we can all agree is probably not the strongest Silent Hill game, but it resonated with me a lot. Yeah, so I I don't know. I, I guess I always like the kind of the black sheep games. Maybe it's just that.
2: Yeah, I get that because I think some games will always have those parts that when you get back to them, you're like, oh here we go again. Like I like, I adore the Spyro games. Like Spyro 3 is like one of my absolute. Favorite games, replay it regularly, but there's even then, there's parts of that game where mm. I'm just like, get back to it. I'm like, oh, I forgot this part. Uh. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. The million turret sections in Jack 2. Uh. Oh,
2: don't get me soft in Jack 2. <laughs> Half that game is. Uh, yeah, Joe, you go on to Resident Evil 3, how you got into it.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, so it took me a long time to get around to these games. I'd really got into the Silent Hill games around the time I went to uni didn't play any Resident Evil until a few years after that. And even then it was just the fourth one because that was like, you know, the big one.
2: Yeah, that's been ported on like everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you can get it on consoles I've never heard of.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so accessible. And then games like this are like really quite difficult to get
1: these days. Hmm, definitely the original versions. I think you and you eventually convinced me to try some of the earlier ones. And I got the remake of the first one on switch and somewhat enjoyed it <laughs> and then um eventually decided to like branch out a bit and got the second one and loved that one the original i mean mm. and then yeah went and got this one and this was like maybe three years ago at most uh
2: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not my favorite in the series <laughs>
2: Fair enough. <laughs> I do actually remember you telling me when this game, a couple of years ago, I think when you were getting into it, you said you played Resident Evil 2 through, like, I think it was it fourth playthrough you did in, like, a really short period of time, and as soon as you finished it, you bought Resident Evil 3.
1: Yeah, basically. I, d- I did the classic A and B scenario both ways around for the second game. I was very into that. I really enjoy stories where you see one character's perspective and then see another one. Like, that story structure is like the one thing I like about the fourth season of Arrested Development, or uh, it's in (laughs) the show, The Haunting of Hill House, or that one episode of The Simpsons that retells the same day from several characters' perspectives.
2: What the hell? (gasps) Linguo! Dead! Linguo
0: is
1: dead. But seeing something from one character's perspective and not really understanding what's happening and then getting the explanation later on. Something about that always fascinates me.
0: I think the fun one is the crashed helicopter, right? Where Leon just runs into it in Resident Evil 2 and you're kind of like, huh, that's kind of weird that there's a crashed helicopter. And and then like with Claire, you see how it happened, I think, or something like that. Yeah,
1: for sure. (laughs) You you get a bit of this with the third game as well, with like, with it being set, uh, starting at least a bit before the second game, you see a few things happen that you later come across the wreckage of in the second game, like mm. when you're in the police station.
0: Yeah, well they they really went into that with the remake which I appreciated, it was things like there's the blown out wall in the, uh, in the locker room, yeah, that is kind of weird And
2: the guy who gets killed by
0: the liquor Yeah, you see the two guys getting killed, but yeah it's like, when you actually run through Resident Evil 2 remake and there is just this blown up wall in the locker room, you know what I mean it is kind of like, wait, how did zombies manage to blow that up
2: you know (laughs) they can barely manage doors they did the rogue one and made resident evil 3 just to explain that
1: (laughs) blown up wall colon a resident evil story
0: (laughs) the entire game exists just to explain that wall (laughs) yeah i agree it's
2: cool kind of seeing that i do like a lot of the stuff in this game that's random because i think as well as like randomizing enemies there's also the order you do things changes what happens like uh, for example like there's the the big one that the first like choice you have to make between two areas you can either go to the restaurant Hmm. or you can go to the press office and whichever one you go to first is where you meet carlos calm down lady i'm no
0: zombie my name's carlos corporal of umbrellas biohazard countermeasure
1: force
2: you get a crank or something then the second place you go to is where you'll get the diamond but either way after you visit the first place, Nemesis will appear and will start chasing you everywhere. Well, I think it's slightly different depending yeah, on where yeah. you go.
0: It's actually crazy how much it changes the gameplay because I actually really struggled. My first. Time doing the hard mode. I actually had to restart because I just got caught in this lock where I went to the restaurant first, and you know the alleyway that like is in between the the restaurant and the press office. Nemesis would just destroy me. I just I couldn't get through it without him like just decking me in the face constantly. <laughs> so I eventually I restarted and decided right I'm gonna go to the press office first, and like it wasn't easier, but. I ran into Nemesis a little bit less, so it gave me that brief window that I needed to get into the restaurant and sort that out. I mean, I still died like four times or something like that. What choice did Um, you make
1: in the press office? Let you know whether to jump out the window or hide.
0: I hid, and then Nemesis got
2: blown up by an explosion. It Uh. makes him look like (laughs) such a chump. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you do that in the restaurant as well. Like, if you hide from him in the kitchen, something blows up, and he goes down.
1: You
0: shoot the canisters.
2: To be fair, with that one, I think he gets back up not long after that. And oh, yeah, yeah, it's
1: enough time to grab pickups off of him and do whatever else you need if you're if you're fast. But it just makes this unstoppable killing machine look like a complete joke. Because, like, you're just crouching in the newspaper office and he's just walking by and then something explodes to his right and he gets knocked out.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And later on he shows up when you're crossing, like, a rope bridge thing and one of the options is just push him off.
0: Just push him off, yeah. (laughs) It's it's so silly.
1: Like, it, it makes him... Not He's not very threatening when you know you can do this stuff to him.
2: I guess so. Yeah, if you push him off the bridge then you don't have to fight the helicopter.
1: Yeah, that's
0: interesting is the, the little branching paths is that Nikolai's end is very different depending on whether or not you jump off the bridge or if you push Nemesis off. I don't mind it too much because in all of those scenarios there's always like a kind of environmental factor like it's on a bridge or it's, yeah, the the building's exploding and falling apart. Like, I don't mind that kind of element. It's more that Nemesis isn't... He isn't unstoppable. Like, as you said, like, we you can stay and fight him and try and beat him that way. It's more just the element of he won't stop. You know, like Just keeps it's up. kinda like yeah, it's one of the influences on this was Terminator. And you can definitely yeah. like I think I think the design of Nemesis is great for that because it, it's like, yeah, like there are multiple times like go rewatch Terminator. The amount of times that the Terminator does get stopped, you know, like they he crashes his car and he kinda gets messed up and then he has to go fix himself up somewhere and
2: has to take his eye out.
0: Yeah, there are moments where there's, like, a brief reprieve where, like, Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese can kind of take a moment to just relax and go, oh, thank God, we've kind of stalled him.
2: Make a baby together. And conceive John Connor.
0: Make a baby, yeah. But ultimately, he will never stop coming for you. And that's just, oh, my God, that's a terrifying idea.
2: Listen and understand that Terminator is out there.
1: It can't be bargained with, it can't be reasoned with, it doesn't feel pity, or remorse, or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever, until you are dead. Another um, influence I thought from films was John Carpenter's The Thing, Mm. so like the way um, it keeps Mm. transforming depending on the situation and what it needs to do, like throughout the film the thing turned into, like, more and more of a hideous blob monster. And that's quite similar to what happens to Nemesis, who, like, starts out as this huge dude in a trench coat and eventually has, like, (laughs) tentacles and turns into a giant slug.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's what happens to Birkin in too, as well.
0: Yeah, it's a weird thing, the mutations in these games, where they seem to, like, I guess the idea is they're kind of like a cancer growth where they keep, like, replicating. They get to, like, stupidly huge sizes by the end. You know, uh, Birkin by the end of 2 is like, he's just turned into a train. He's just a train now. Like, <laughs> 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 just a giant sludge monster train. And Nemesis, what I love is that in the original game, Nemesis, he's not really a threat by the end. You know, he's very kind of injured and he is just squelching forwards just But again, it's that element of, like, he will never stop.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: even in his completely incapacitated state, where he's, like, moving one metre a minute, he's still coming for you. It's like the movie It Follows or something like that, where it's just just creepy. So I I, I love that. I think that's great.
2: And that's the thing, because he's so unpredictable, even when he's not around chasing you, you're always going to be anxious for if he comes back. Yeah. When, when he's going to come. You don't know when he's going to pop up unless you play the gate.
0: Always on the edge. I had that where there was an alleyway that I needed to run through where he just jumped out, scared the hell out of me. Mm. Like, I'm on my most recent playthrough, and I was like, oh my god, he... Oh, and, uh, you know, I'm running for it. I then got killed later, and I had to redo that section. He didn't appear. Uh oh. <laughs> You know, it, but that whole time I was expecting it. Like, is he going to... Where, oh, he's not, okay. Um, <laughs> so it is just randomized, which I think is great. It does keep you on your toes.
2: One randomized part that completely threw me off was the mm. clock puzzle in the church. Oh yeah. I did it once and I was like, okay, I've, I've got this. I figured out the pattern and then I got killed by Nemesis right, shortly right. after in the first boss fight because there are a couple of occasions where you actually yeah. do have to fight him and then I reloaded my save did it again I put the stones in the order that I did the previous time and it didn't work I was like, huh? That's weird So I think what it is is that the, the numbers on the clocks sort are of different every time
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah I had the same experience with the medical lab or something like that in the city, like a pharmacy
2: Oh, the pharmacy, yeah
0: yeah, you need to look at the computer to see the the umbrella commercial.
2: Oh yes, yeah, that was
0: such a clever idea. So, so you have to see the password. Well, I died a few times at that point, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I discovered the same thing where I typed in the, because the, the basically the commercial is the password for this computer that you need to get into. And so I went to it again, I typed in, oh, it's Aqua Cure, because I saw the commercial. Then yeah, nope, y- you go on the commercial and it was a completely different product being sold. <laughs> so again, I thought that was cute. I thought that was a clever little catch. Again, for like any anyone who's like replaying the game and thinks they're gonna be smart.
1: Cutting corners, yeah. Yeah,
0: I remember the code from last time like that's one of the one of the things in the remake where it's a little too easy because there's like lockers that you can open or whatever and it's like you can just google what the locker combination is because it's all it's the same every time you know it's
2: like all right Another thing with the remake is in the police station there are lockers and they've got the exact same codes it's the same playstation of Resident yeah. Evil 2 they've got the exact same codes well, I mean, it makes sense.
0: Whereas I, I noticed that the code in, again, in Resident Evil, the original game, Resident Evil 3, the code in the locker room in that game again is randomized there's like four combinations oh that it yes be. It so is. they were making sure again they were making sure you couldn't just get the manual you have to go find it in a file somewhere like which will usually throw you into a situation with more zombies or anything like that so it's like uh-huh we know what you guys are doing you've all bought the PlayStation manual I think
1: things like that make this game feel like an expansion pack almost like it, 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 oh, it, it yeah. feels like it's designed for people who like the second game and they just want a bit more and they want some extra challenges like the randomizer is something you'd find for like Ocarina of Time you could download online or something or like yeah. It, like, c- certain aspects of the presentation feel like it's not a fully-fledged game. Like, the the, op- yeah. the opening being, like, just still images and a narration.
2: Yeah,
0: I know what you mean, but I I, I do think it still functions as its own work.
1: There
2: are a lot of cutscenes in this game.
1: Yeah, but the opening makes a pretty weak first impression, in my opinion, and it definitely feels a little slapped together.
2: I guess
0: compared to... two, I, I yeah. can
1: see how this started life as a, like a spin-off to the second game, rather than being a full-fledged sequel, because it also doesn't push the story forward.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I mean, it shows the end of Raccoon City, but I guess at the end of two, Raccoon City's fucked anyway. But Code Veronica is...
1: I did like blowing up the city as a capstone to the first three, but honestly, apart from that, it does... It doesn't really feel like a sequel it is a spin-off
0: game in a lot of ways yeah and it
1: definitely feels that way
2: with code veronica it follows on directly from resident evil 2 because you're claire looking for chris
0: it's an infuriating thing where it's like code veronica really should have been either three or four so a lot of people now think or you know they'll kind of assume that because it's called code veronica that that's the spin-off game but it's like but that's the sequel to both one and two because it has Claire and Chris in it, so it is very funny that they did it the way they did it, you know. And then of course four just goes off the rails and does its own thing.
1: They never figured out how to do a direct sequel until the eighth game. It's very funny. It took Capcom twenty years to figure out how to do a proper sequel.
2: Yeah, it's like the whole Kingdom <laughs> Hearts thing where like half the games are called something like Chain of Memories or whatever. The- no, nope. Chain of Memories is actually Kingdom Hearts two.
1: I've only played the second game and it's good to know that everyone else would have been as lost as I was when I played Kingdom Hearts 2 without any background. He's in the Matrix at the
0: start. One of the things I do think is cool with Resident Evil Apocalypse, the movie, which obviously none of us are big fans of, Joe has not seen, and Rob I imagine is a huge fan.
1: Here's an idea, You, you could say some you and Rob say something that may or may not have happened in the film and i have to say whether <laughs> whether it is actually in the film or not
0: Oh, God. No, because I can't think of anything as stupid as what happens in the- <laughs> Like, okay, no, because I- everything I'm going gonna- I'm gonna to say is just going to be from the movie, and it's just a toss-up of whether or not
2: you think it is legit or not. Oh, there's a sassy black guy that Jill releases from jail. Am
1: I supposed to be guessing if that's true or false?
2: Well,
0: that's what I mean. Like, yeah. It- oh.
1: Because, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely true, right?
0: Yeah, it's hard to come up with scenarios that are as dumb as what happens in the movie it's things like Alice Mila Jovovich like crashes through a church to attack two lickers that are attacking Jill and the gang why she has a motorbike and why she even goes in to save these people eh. my point was was that at the very end of the movie they do actually because it ends with Raccoon City being blown up and one thing I do like about the movie is that they actually do touch on Jill and Carlos try to like get the word out that Umbrella are evil and they're doing all this bioweaponry stuff and they were the reason why Raccoon City got destroyed. But then there's a big cover up where they say that there was like a nuclear facility like near Raccoon City that blew up and that's what caused the nuclear explosion and Jill Valentine and Carlos are these conspiracy theorist scumbags that obviously should not be believed. So I thought that was interesting.
1: A mysterious plague or viral outbreak seems to have run rampant. Implicating the Umbrella Corporation in the death of innocent citizens. This tape apparently the work of former Raccoon 7 anchorwoman Terry Morales. <laughs> New evidence now which discredits earlier reports Is nothing more than a sick joke Fake videotape now totally discredited Nothing more than an elaborate hoax Playing on the very real tragedy which overwhelmed Raccoon City earlier this week Apparently the reactor at the nuclear power station went critical in the early hours Making this the worst atomic energy disaster since the Russian Chernobyl incident
2: in 1986 The
1: state governor has personally extended his thanks to the Umbrella Corporation for their swift actions The perpetrators of the hoax, Jill Valentine and Carlos Oliveira, now
2: being sought for questioning
1: by the police. I assumed it was just the US government nuking it, like in the Avengers.
0: No, it is the US government, but I think that's the idea, is that Umbrella are in control of the government, so they cover it all It was
2: Kent Mansley.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kent Mansley works for the government.
1: Kent Mansley, work for the government. Where is the giant right now, Mansley?
0: (laughs) Where are the zombies now, (laughs) Mansley? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining the giant, but it's Nemesis.
1: (laughs) tree! You stars, I follow.
2: He's looking up at the sky, stars. Someone has probably modded the remake to change Nemesis to the Iron Giant.
0: Oh no, he actually did turn into a gun at the end. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I totally get what Joe's saying about this game. I get that it is the spin one. I get that it doesn't really continue the plot, but it's still the best one. I'd, I'd, <laughs> like, I'd like to make it
1: clear that I do actually really like this game. I just think it's frustrating.
2: I love Resident Evil 2, it's my favorite in the series. I'm content to say that Three really has my favorite ending of all the games. And it's one of the things, because choice is a big part of this game. There are numerous branching paths stemming from cutscenes where you're given two choices of where to go or what to do. And it's normally when Nemesis shows up or something horrible happens. Yeah, And it's an effective substitute for not having the two characters because the choice you make affects certain story beats. Like, like I said, like if you push Nemesis off the bridge and when you go into the factory, Nemesis kills Nikolai. And then he's not in the helicopter, you don't have to fight him. But the ending is legendary because after you've used a big gun on Nemesis, You have two choices. You either let him rot or you can stay and (laughs) make sure that he dies. If you choose that choice, Jill whips out a magnum and she just walks up firing at him. Then she goes, You want stars? I'll give you stars. And then just absolutely kills him.
1: You want stars? I'll give you stars. That's a great sign off. It's very action movie.
0: Yeah, I still want to see a cartoon though where someone does it where like birds fluttering around Nemesis's head but it's stars. You know, I just I always have that image in my head of like, he's just been knocked on the head and he's like dazed and confused and there's stars dancing around his head.
2: And he has got the Looney Tunes thing. That's all folks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: No, I can totally see it. I mean, that would be great.
1: I was doing a little experiment. This playthrough where i was trying to do all the different decisions to the ones i could remember doing on my first playthrough just to see like what would turn out different and sadly that meant i had to not blow up nemesis at the end and i just walked away it's very unsatisfying <laughs> nothing changes you just don't get the satisfaction and i got exactly the same ending despite having made virtually every choice
0: different. I guess the logic there may have just been the timer because you are on a timer at that point so it may just be like they just thought right there might be some players who are like I'm watching the cutscene and I really need it to end now please. Oh my god yeah (laughs) this game has
1: has a real problem with giving you timed boss fights, (laughs) where the the timer keeps ticking down while you're watching cutscenes.
0: Yeah, classic old video gaming. Oh, that's
2: what the final boss is like. The
1: last two in a row both do it. It's so annoying.
2: Speaking of annoying bosses, do we want to talk about the one boss we all unanimously agree absolutely sucks? The worm. Hey,
0: my favourite boss. So, yeah, this game is about a giant stalker monster who's trying to kill you and he's pretty scary in his own right so what this game needed was a giant mutant worm <laughs>
2: it's so lame it's it's just a boring boss the first boss me is so boring it just comes out of holes in the ground you've got to wait for him and shoot him and i just got so bored it's like it's the boss fight equivalent of watching paint dry
1: i couldn't figure out how to do that i just kept getting killed by it it's so annoying
2: yeah it's a very
0: frustrating fight do you want to know something great they bring the worm back for Code Veronica. Oh yeah, I've played a bit <laughs> of her, Code
2: Veronica. Yeah, the worm does come into it, but you can... They just loved that worm so much. You can run past him though. He comes back. Give the
1: fans what they want, Capcom.
2: Apparently it is what they want because people complained that they cut him out the remake. Yeah, so there you go. We want the giant
0: worm. Give us the giant worm, guys, Me. come on. No, I can understand why they cut him from the remake, because it's like, it's about Nemesis. It's called Resident Evil oh, 3 I thought Nemesis. it was called
2: Resident Evil 3 Giant Worm that shows up twice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wormesis.
2: One thing you can do with the worm that is cool though, the one redeeming feature is you can knock some lampposts get knocked over, you can knock them in the water and electrocute the worm to death.
0: I managed to do that this time around and it was very satisfying.
2: I did figure out the
0: trick to it, it just requires a lot of dodging and I discovered funnily enough, the knife is your (laughs) best friend in that fight, which is very funny because normally you don't use the knife that much if you kind of stay close to it and keep hitting it with the knife that also can trigger the dodge when it tries to like hit you so yeah so it turns out uh get the knife folks for the worm fight get the knife but yeah, and then you use the knife to knock over the lamppost as well and, and then wait for it to go into the water. I don't think I've
1: used the knife for anything in the first three games. I couldn't find any use for it until like the fourth one.
0: I know that there are players out there that do like knife-only playthroughs, which more power to you, not for
2: me. One of Uncle Mario's in I mean, Resident Evil 2 is tofu, where you're just playing as a giant piece of tofu with a knife. <laughs>
1: I have heard of this, yeah. In the remake of the second game at least, uh, the knife's damage is tied to uh, the frame rate for some reason. Mm. So speedrunners on that game crank the frame rate and just use the knife because it's like the most effective weapon if the frame rate's really high.
0: Right, that's very funny. I found the knife in the remakes is Pretty useful because I always stab any zombie that's like that I've downed do same, just to yeah. make sure they're dead. I don't really do that. I just
1: use it as a defensive thing.
2: I want to talk about the dodge because that's one thing this game added that wasn't in any of the other games. Is if you time like a button press just right. You can dodge an attack.
0: Yeah, no, it's pretty great. It makes the other games a little difficult for me to go back to sometimes, because especially um, with Remake, if I go back from Resident Evil 3 Remake to Resident Hmm. Evil 2, I just immediately notice that... (laughs) Lack of maneuverability, and I'm just like, oh my god, Leon! Just you, you learn how to dodge in four. Come on, Jill is
1: so much faster than Claire and Leon are in the remakes as well. Like it's insane. Yeah. I, she is like she's sprinting all the time. It's crazy. I guess this game is the first example of this, like the series trope of inexperienced character from a previous game coming back for a sequel and being a badass now. Like being way more capable. <laughs> like um, in the first game, Jill has a really good progression where she starts like quite scared and she gets saved a lot but by the end she's like yeah kicking ass and then in this one from the start she's like way more capable than she was before or leon and claire were and then when chris from the first game comes back eventually he's like punching boulders And when leon comes back he's like james bond but more misogynist got some business to take care of see you later no way bro (laughs) your right hand comes off (laughs) it's
0: really funny that yeah the idea that they become action heroes just by surviving the first yeah it's like they
1: graduate the first game they're in they're like weak on the back foot horror movie protagonist and when they come back suddenly they're fucking rambo
0: I was thinking it happens with Ethan as well. Yeah,
1: I think literally every character that comes back has that same progression.
0: Ethan gets his hand sliced off in the first game and it's the most horrifying thing ever, whereas in the second game he's just like, got my hand sliced off, put it back on for god's sake.
1: That game has something in this guy's poor hands. There's definitely a fetish The there. poor guy. It's so specific and it's so mean. It gets impaled, he loses fingers, it gets chopped off again.
0: Yeah, the way that the defense move works is that you hold your hands up. So yeah, like a chainsaw is just coming down on <sighs> poor Ethan's hands. <laughs> the poor guy. Whereas Leon at least has like a knife that he's using.
1: Yeah, Leon <laughs> learns to parry chainsaws with a knife. That's how that's how James Bond he gets.
0: <laughs> I was very disappointed. Every game has Resident Evil 2. This one doesn't have Resident Evil 3, except the GameCube version.
2: It's, come on now. Resident Evil 3. That's probably quite expensive. Well, those versions are expensive. 4 just says Resident Evil as yeah. well.
0: Come on now, give us our Resident Evil
2: 4, Resident Evil I mean, 3. I I remember they like... had it for Resident Evil 0, sounding more like a rapper like, Resident Evil. Zero. Resident Evil Zero. Resident Evil Zero. Yeah. And that's how you all like Ridge Racer. Ridge Ridge Racer! Racer. Racer. Remember that one? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Every Halloween we're bringing that up Because you brought it up last year when we talked about Silent Hill That's going to
0: be the tradition How do we work Ridge Racer back into the conversation <laughs> And good old Harry
1: I guess it's just the scariest racing game It's the only reason it can keep coming up this way
0: So one thing I wanted to talk about Was an interview I read With a guy called Yasuhisa Kawamura God, I'm not good with Japanese names So I apologise to that entire country But um, <laughs> yeah, he was a writer with Resident Evil. Uh, Joe like you are right that the production of this game was just a convoluted mess where the game that should have been like a spin-off game then became the sequel the spin-off game then became Resident Evil 4 and the other game turned into Devil May Cry it was just a huge mess but he talked about he clearly had a really great grasp of like what made Resident Evil work so I found some really like amazing quotes that kind of go into like what we've talked about a lot so he was saying because I think I remember you talking about this last year Joe where like survival horror only really works if you don't die that much so he's saying here I've always thought that uh, Resident Evil has one problem regarding the horror aspect, for like, a person feels afraid when they're in unknown territory, which they're unable to comprehend and unable to predict. So that's one of the reasons why this game has the randomized stuff, because he was pushing for that. He was saying, like, right, I want you to go into different zones and to expect something completely different. That's good. Yeah and he was saying that halfway through the game players understand the source of fear and they understand how to cope with the monsters so you know eventually the protagonists win the battle and escape so in retrospect by the end of the first game all of the mystery that creates the horror has already been revealed so the trick with two and three was to kind of big up both the emotional elements and the action and so they took a lot of inspiration from James Cameron funnily enough so Resident Evil 2 took a lot of inspiration from Aliens yeah and and then yeah and then obviously this game took a lot of influence from Terminator so I just thought that was really interesting that there were people in the team that were aware of the issue that could come about from Resident Evil's design, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, like, if you you keep repeating the same thing, you learn everything that's going to happen. Nothing's going to catch you off guard anymore. And the the more you die, the more you replay certain sections,
0: right? You just become more
1: and more frustrated
0: because you're like, yeah, 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 I know what this part is now. So it's a good idea to try and switch it up. So when I died, I was expecting zombies. I got attacked by dogs, you know, just things like that. And it's like, ah, kind of throws you off.
2: (laughs) That's what two kind of with the zapping system where it had like games carrying over from disc to disc and like if you picked up an item in the first yeah. playthrough it wouldn't be available for the other character. I like that. Mm. That
1: was a really cool aspect of that that was missing
2: from the remake.
0: I do like the fact as well that with 2 the zombies are in different locations so when you're Leon you get used to the idea of okay there are zombies in this corridor okay don't worry about it and then like when you go through that same corridor with Claire there's a liquor in there instead you know so they were already playing with this idea of areas that you're familiar with are suddenly a lot more dangerous or scarier or there's something going on with them i'd love to play a mod of these games where all of it's just randomized i think that would be a cool way to play the games i know they exist i know there are mods out there
2: i forget which version they added in for resident evil 2 but i know later versions they have a from the dual truck edition upwards so the gamecube dreamcast etc they have a mode called a range mode which hmm. swaps some I-, I think it's it's not as like randomized but it's like they swap items around so like weapons and stuff we insert different places than they were originally
0: sorry I was just looking over another really great quote by Kawamura he was just saying uh, I think it's wrong to think zombies and games are mere obstacles and enemies zombies are part of the environment and so it's a decoration that creates the dystopian environment and the obstacles that the player has to face but he was also saying that like he actually Joe he took a lot of inspiration from not for this game because he hadn't played it yet because they both came out the same year but he started taking inspiration from Silent Hill as well Mm. when they started developing later Resident Evil games because he was thinking like we all know zombies now we're kind of zombied out so we need to start looking at ways to scare the player that isn't just same old stuff over and over. Mm. It's just interesting that they were thinking about this stuff at the time, and they were like going, okay, we can't do that, you can't, you know. And I think the point is, is that Nemesis was a really great combination of, okay, how do we- Keep things fresh. How do we differentiate ourselves Yeah, how do we differentiate ourselves from 2? Because it was like, okay, everyone loved 2, what can we do that people are going to come out of 3 talking about? Well, they're going to talk about that giant stalker monster that, that they had to deal with.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And that's something that's really taken hold in the years since, right? Like, it's in every horror game now. Like, Alien Isolation, Silent Hill 4 had a stalker enemy as well.
0: Yeah. It's funny that and of course
1: resident evil 2 remake yeah with mr x
2: and i think resident evil 4 was going to have that i think there's a prototype thing called the hook man demo or something where leon's being chased by a man with a hook for a hand
0: yes yeah yeah well that again that was but the idea was that it was a hallucination or it was some kind of ghostly apparition and that was the silent hill inspiration because they were thinking okay how can we do this where the player isn't quite they're always kept on their toes they're not just thinking uh, same thing over and over again I think four did a good job of switching things up a lot actually at one point you just fight a giant cave troll
2: they have a cave troll yeah it throws
0: you off you're not expecting that so I give them props for changing things up
2: just before we go on to the remake there's one thing we've not really spoken about which is this game's got more interactive elements in the environment like exploding barrels and they can really help you to conserve your ammo with a single pistol shot you can just take out a whole horde of zombies by blowing them up
0: yeah well that's something again that's like become a standard in video games now it'll be interesting to see what game kind of introduced that maybe it was this game i don't know
2: these barrels did cause me one very 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 oh at the time it was a bit annoying but in hindsight, it's quite funny. I remember death. this. Yeah, I did mention this. Is I just did the water purification puzzle in the factory, which is one I find to be a bit of a ball ache for various reasons. Um, I didn't think to save the game yeah. afterwards. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get through more of the factory, and then I'll save it. So doing the puzzle unlocks yeah. the door. So I went back to unlock the door. Then there's loads of those weird bug things crawling around so i thought i just my shotgun so I had enough ammo for it and i was like okay let's do this and i was standing a bit too close to mm. the exploding barrel and i shot it and jill dies in one hit and i was like i'm yeah. not doing that stupid yeah, puzzle that. again today
1: <laughs>
0: and that's when you break the dusk.
1: resident evil 3 0
2: out of 10 so in 2020 we got a remake of resident evil 3 which followed the success of resident evil 2's remake um there's quite a few people who are very critical of this remake for various reasons (laughs) while i myself do have some criticisms for the game. As far as the general gameplay and the gameplay loop is concerned, I think it's a great time. Like very similar to the gameplay of Resident Evil 2 remake, remake. Doesn't really try to reinvent the wheel so much in that regard. But it does add yeah. one of the features that the original Resident Evil 3 had, which is the reaction, which allows you to dodge. And I love how Carlos, when you play as him, he dodges by just straight up punching the enemies in the face. Like he straight up punches hunters in the face. He just
0: slams into them.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's great. And it does just about make up for them taking out a feature which was really good in Resident Evil 2's remake where if an enemy grabs you, you can use a secondary weapon to avoid taking damage like putting a grenade in their mouth. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like
1: backing up and then shooting it while it's still in the mouth. I think... A lot of people were
0: frustrated by this game because it's quite short and yeah. and they cut out certain sections. I do understand why people are annoyed about the clock tower because the clock tower feels very Resident
1: Evil 1-y. That's the part where the backtracking actually works in my opinion. That's actually built to be a normal Resident Evil stage.
0: You actually yeah, have a decent idea of where to go.
2: Whereas in the remake it's just a boss fight.
0: It's a boss fight outside of... The clock tower, which is fine, but yeah, it's not as cool as the clock tower itself. Because there's like the spiders in the clock tower. It's a really creepy situation, yeah.
2: It's very kind of a very scaled-down version of the original game. It's very much like you go this direction and this this will allow you progression into the next part of the game. And also Nemesis, like there are a couple of yeah. sections where he will chase you around and he is so much more formidable than Mr. X. Like he's much faster. He will, he will full-on sprint after you, and he can jump in front of you. He's got tentacles.
0: I do like the sprinting.
2: <laughs> he's got a rocket launcher. If you're full speed
1: running away from him, he's quick enough to catch up to you really fast. Yeah, yeah.
2: When I first came across him, I was on caution, so I think you run a bit slow when you're on caution because obviously you're holding to. I had to really run to escape him. Those parts <laughs> are great, but other than those parts at the start of the game, he only ever shows up again after that for scripted boss encounters. Yeah, one thing I did
0: want to talk about the original game, and I guess the thing that a lot of people were kind of missing with this one, is that I really love that Jill... The story's about a stalker, you know? This is a story about a young woman in a city in the middle of the night and a big scary man is following you that's ultimately it that's the plot of this game and i just think that's such a wonderful horror concept it's absolutely terrifying and yeah there's this kind of feminist theme or like i said young woman and in the original game she's wearing a mini skirt famously or notoriously but again i think it works i think it works for the story because it's like it's that kind of sexual threat as well
2: It's like Alien.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're being stalked around by this creature and it's very threatening and frightening. And I think that's what people were missing with the remake where it's like Nemesis only appears during certain set pieces and it's like but I wanted Nemesis to you know I just I just wanted to run into him randomly because that's the stalker element you know if you're just walking along on your own at night and you realize that someone's following you you turn a corner you think you're safe and then suddenly you run into them again like that's the terrifying element of the original game and so it's a shame that it didn't they went in a different direction which I actually do enjoy I really want to caveat that but I do understand why some fans were like what gives we've lost the stalker element
1: here's a hot take apart from scaling back nemesis the remake of the third one is much better than the original
0: <laughs> I, how did i know that you were going to say that when you were about to say my hot take <laughs> I can see why you could feel I, it why coming. you would think that
1: yeah. <laughs> the original feels confused so like it's trying to be a lot more full-on and action heavy as you can tell from like all the extra mm. guns, you can basically kill every enemy you come across, exploding barrels, all that stuff. Yeah. But then the way it controls is still very retro. Like tank controls, you pull out your gun and Jill automatically aims at something, but there's so many things to aim at that she's almost never aiming at the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've had that before where it's, where you're trying to aim at the barrel and you shoot a zombie all the other way around and to compensate for that the game actually has to be quite slow in places even though it thinks it's much more full on. So like when you turn the game on it plays this very exciting opening movie thing that's like very quick cuts between lots of scenes of zombies swarming and Nemesis being scary and Carlos firing a machine gun and the music's very full on and then if you leave it a little longer it shows you a demo of the gameplay and it's just Jill wandering around an empty street.
0: (laughs) Yeah 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 it's right back to the original Resident Evil where it's actually you're just encountering zombies one at a time sort of thing
1: but like you start up the remake of the third game you start in jill's flat in first person very silent hill 4 Mm. and you get to feel a little comfy and uh, familiarize yourself with the surroundings and with her pepe silvia conspiracy board and uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and then nemesis (laughs) smashes through the wall and chases after you through the burning streets. yeah and it's a much cooler intro than the original which just starts with still images, narration, and then a wall explodes and Jill comes out and there's like three zombies in the street.
2: I really like that start of the, not the, so much the still images, but I like that it kind of eases you in a little bit. we have got the zombies and uh, like playing through it kind of yeah. like, like a normal Resident Evil game. Then you get to the police station, and Nemesis appears. I, I like that it eases you. I think it would have been cool if the game kept Nemesis' complete secrets to throw you off even more, but I don't know. Like if he wasn't on the cover. <laughs> it's the same thing with that Doctor Who episode, Dalek, like the the episode does such a good job of like hiding the Dalek and then revealing it. But of course everyone mm. knew a Dalek was gonna be in the episode because it was literally called Dalek in the preview.
0: Yeah, the title is Dalek. I
1: feel like whoever wrote that episode wasn't in charge of naming it or getting no, together the that- preview.
0: That would have been the problem was that they would have had all of the press about it going, oh my god, it's the Dalek episode, to get people to sit down and watch but it's like, but the twist is that it's, you don't know it's the Dalek going in, yeah, so it's very frustrating for the writer where it's like, it all gets spoiled immediately, marketing,
1: basically It, it gets spoiled like a week before the episode airs.
2: <laughs> before they wrote, they didn't even know they were going to have the rights to use the Dalek, so they wrote in another monster instead, when they wrote the whole season, and then they got the rights to the Dalek and changed it, uh, but okay. yeah yeah. Back
0: to Resident Evil. I'm trying to think how the BBC wouldn't have
2: rights to the Dalek. I know, I know. Oh, Terry Nation had the rights to the Daleks, but yeah.
0: Oh, right. Weird. I don't know. I agree to an extent about the little cutscene, the little screenshots at the start, Joe. Although I will say that I'm kind of used to it because Fallout has always opened with, with just like a slideshow and a narration. And I like Jill's opening. I like that she talks about that this will be her last escape. And I always thought that that was another really cool detail was when you reload the game every time it has. Oh the...
2: yeah, I love
1: seeing that. It's like she's hyping herself up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She
1: knows that
0: the odds are very against her surviving. She's giving herself Um, like
1: a a bathroom mirror speech. A pet talk. Yeah. (laughs) You can do this.
0: I do love the intro of Remake. I do love that. And what's cool, so, okay. I've read a few of the, and Rob has as well, of the S.D. Perry novelizations of the games. I've only read one for two. But the one for three is really interesting in conjunction with the game remake because it goes into Jill's trauma and her PTSD from the first game and that she has nightmares about waking up as a zombie or turning into a zombie so it's really cool that there's a little nod right at the start of the remake of Jill having a nightmare of turning into a zombie looking into the bathroom mirror
1: very cool opening sequence
0: so that's very cool and I do agree do you know what I like about that remake start is that i like that it explains why the hell jill's building is exploding (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, yeah
2: i think it's funny on the first on the original jill's last escape she just decides to escape on the day that happens to be the day all the zombies break out whereas in the remake you can see that she's got a couple days before she's escaping and then literally on that day before she's even ready to escape, Nemesis just charges through the door and then she sees the zombie outbreak has happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, she gets like a phone call from Brad.
2: Because you don't start off with a handgun, you have to run around for a bit before you get given the handgun, which is kind of a false tutorial, but it makes it for an effective opening. Yeah, you need that
0: little explanation of what you need to do, because again, the original is like, it gives you two manuals to read at the start, but there's no intuitive. (laughs) Press X to jump sort of thing. It's
2: just like, we're throwing zombies
0: at you now. Deal with it.
2: It
1: assumes you played the second one.
2: That's what OGRE2 does. Like, you start out and you've got to run from the zombies. Or
0: Yeah, that's true, actually. Resident Evil 2 assumes that you've played Resident Evil 1 because it literally just throws you in there. Again, good luck. Like, you may <laughs> die in the first five minutes and have to rewatch the cutscene over and over.
1: <laughs> You're going to get really used to that trucker going, Oh, that's something. Hitchhiker's biting. <laughs>
2: that guy's a maniac. Why'd he bite me? One thing I used to absolutely hate in this game when I first played it was the Hunters because, yeah, they're cool, but they in the remake, they've got mm. this move that will kill you in one hit. But on this playthrough, I was aware of that.
0: I think in the original as well. They have a little sprint attack. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah, you were aware of it.
2: Yeah, I was aware of it. So I knew to keep away from the Hunters as much as I could. So that hospital bit, if I saw a yeah, yeah. Hunter, I would run. Uh, I think the only part we actually have to fight the Hunters is that bit near the end of the lab, and you've you've got the vaccine and you're running through this door, then the doors close Mm. and then three hunters jump at you.
0: I have some advice for anyone going into these games, the remakes, and it sounds very counterintuitive, but I really urge people, if you are playing them for the first time, please play them on hardcore first time round. (laughs) 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 Because your experience is so much different from if you play it on the easier modes yes it's evil and you will hate a lot of it but I have so many fond memories from having played this game on hardcore first playthrough and I also played Claire's scenario on Resident Evil 2 remake on hardcore first time round as well and it's so satisfying being able to say yeah I played it through first time around it's so challenging and I fondly remember when the hunter decapitated me (laughs) in the hospital (laughs) (laughs) on my my first playthrough because I had no idea that was going to happen
2: the one thing I'm sure we're all thankful was cut from this remake is the worm which people apparently wanted people wanted the worm they're bitching because it was cut out like
1: fuck the worm
0: I guess people like a direct remake, I get it, but the worm isn't necessary. Like I said, the story is about a stalker, it doesn't need a giant worm in it.
1: The original three had some fat that needed to be cut, let's put it that way. It needed streamlining (laughs) and I think they did a really good job of that.
2: I did have a good time in this game, it's just I wish Nemesis was best scripted and I get people do not like this game but people, the way people have seen people talk about this game are like as if it's like an abomination and like the game plays fine if you this game is a bad game you need to play more bad games like play bobsy 3d or something that is a bad game (laughs) (laughs) i
0: understand disappointment but yeah i treated this game as well first off for me it was survival horror because i was playing it hardcore the first time around and that was a nightmare throughout i understand disappointment but at the same time it's like people act like they were lazy or like they rushed it it took four years to make like games like this still take time you know it's
1: all right you go on ahead I'm not gonna die on you, leave you in a cold, cruel, Carlosless world. Okay.
0: I love the story beats they added. I like that Nikolai's kind of fleshed out a bit more. Come on,
2: don't look at me like that. All right, I'm not an okay, infected. No, 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 no! Wait, please! <sighs> what the fuck? He
1: was infected. He might have been infected. Oh stars this soft. I wonder, so many of you dead. And what are you, UBCS, killing your own people? He would have turned. There's your sense of
0: self-preservation.
1: Go back to the subway station. We don't need a bleeding heart like you getting in the way.
0: I like that Jill and Carlos have this relationship. I think it's all great. They're much
1: better characters. You have to circle around through an alley to your right to get there. You mean the alley that's on fire? Maybe. Surely a tall drink of water like yourself could put out a few flames.
2: (sighs) Fuck you. Yeah, and Jill has that big badass moment at the end where she gets this giant gun and like pokes it in Nemesis's mouth and then just fires away
1: <laughs> in his mouth, yeah. It's a cartoonishly big gun. She's basically holding yeah. the front of a tank, essentially. <laughs> I've got a feeling that she never shows up as the playable character in another mainline game because she gave herself a hernia picking that up or something. <laughs>
2: I get another reason why people probably complained about this game. is probably because they paid for it at full price. I mean, to be fair, I did as well, because I pre-ordered this game and got the OG Jill and sure. Carlos skins yep. for it. But, uh, but I still had a great time with it.
0: Original outfits, yeah. I think it's got great replayability value. I've replayed it three or four times now.
1: It's snacky, it's fun. You can sprint through the whole thing. Like, it's, it's just a different kind of game. It's like a precursor to Resident Evil 4. It's an action game where the character gets beat up a lot.
0: I was about to say, it. Functions more like four, and I guess that's why people were annoyed that it wasn't like free. But it's like, but it's doing its own thing, and I think that's cool. It's its own individual work.
1: No, I, th- I think they did the right thing. They needed to pick a lane with three. Three is in the middle of two things, and it doesn't quite work for me, the <laughs> original. So they just needed to pick a lane and stick with it, and I think they made the right call.
2: One thing that was cool for me this playthrough is because first I've got it was on the PS4. Since then, I've got a PS5. I've put my recently Evil 3 disc in, and I've got a free upgrade to the PS5 version, which cuts out load times i think has like some other kind of ray tracing improvements and, so and stuff
0: i could have done with shorter loading screens
1: <laughs> it's incredible it's ready to go before you've even finished reading the first sentence on the load screen Rob, did you notice any lip-syncing issues? Because I don't remember noticing them before, but having started it up now on the PS5 version, no one's mouths seemed to be moving at the right time.
2: Oh, um, that's not something I've picked up on, though. it Might be like a frame rate issue or mm, something? Maybe
1: maybe mine was just glitching, mm. and I don't know. But it was like consistent. Whenever it wasn't pre-rendered cutscenes, whenever you were just walking around and someone was talking, the mouths were way out of time.
2: Oh, right, okay. Oh, I didn't notice any of that. I just remember another thing that was really cool in the remake is, you find out Jill's friends with Ken Kendo, the guy from the gun shop in 2. You meet
0: up with him, but I also like that she's got a little advert for Kendo's arms as well. I mean, yeah, as we mentioned, like, we can probably fathom that Jill uses guns.
1: There's a note from Kendo in the Stars' office in the original version. It never says that Kendo and Jill know each other personally, but he has a relationship with Stars, so like, you know, he he probably knows her in that version too. Yeah,
0: it makes sense. I like as well that they gave the Hunter Gammas a bit more love. I know that, Rob, you're annoyed by them because they have like a one-hit kill attack, but- Oh, is that the frog things? The ones <laughs> in the sewers, yeah.
2: I didn't mind those. It's the ones that jump at you and slice your throat. That's the ones I don't like.
0: Oh, sure.
2: But there is a funny moment that, again, that completely threw me off with those. It's in the, I think when you're going into the factory, mm. is this part where you're looking for the yeah. fuses and you go down the ladder and a door opens and there's all these zombies and this threw me both times mm. to play through the game. I didn't notice the door mm. opens behind you with a hunter gamma in it. So it was obviously focusing on these zombies yeah. and then suddenly yeah, yeah, next yeah. thing I know I'll get a cutscene of a hunter gamma swallowing Ooh. me and I was like oh, where did that come from? Uh, <laughs>
0: that's very funny. Yeah, in the original again like you kind of see the hunter gammas in like a lab and then they break out but it's too easy to just run out of the room and then you just never see them again i like that they get a bit more love in the remake just little things like that where it's like yeah
2: why not expand on them so we touched upon this earlier but nemesis was in a stupid movie yes
1: <laughs> you motherfuckers is crazy look at that big motherfucker got a rocket launcher
0: we'll finish up talking about a pretty dumb film
2: because <laughs> <laughs> i think we've said this before the the plot of resident evil Nemesis it has the foundation for a good movie but sadly the movie itself Mm. is a dumb unfocused mess of a movie which has too much stuff going on it's got too many characters (laughs) like Jill's portrayed really cool
0: yeah I like the actress Sienna Gilleroy
2: but I think the problem is we've got Alice.
0: Well I wouldn't mind, I read about this in my, because I wrote a little review of it, and and I wouldn't mind Alice just taking Jill's role. I was thinking because, so Resident Evil Apocalypse it mixes the plots of two and three together kind of. There's other stuff as well but That's the gist, is that it mixes these two things together. And like, they've got to rescue Sherry from the school is the idea, is one thing. But it becomes this big weird mess. And I just thought, wouldn't it have been a really cool plot if you just had Alice trying to rescue Sherry from the school and Nemesis is chasing after them? And there's zombies in the city. So you just have like, zombies plus Terminator plus aliens. That's a good idea. It's a strong basis for a movie.
1: It's weird that they didn't just make them one character, and having never seen any of them, I just assumed yep. that the woman on the posters with the brown hair was Jill.
0: No. Yeah,
2: no, it's not. <laughs> but I, I suppose not. <laughs> <laughs> Director Paul W. S. Anderson wanted to make fan fiction about his wife. Fair enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mila Jovovich, you know, she was a big star at the time, so it wasn't like a crazy idea that yeah. she'd
1: be in it. Why not just make her Jill? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's what I that's don't a get. Weird
1: choice.
2: I saw Welcome to Raccoon City, which is the movie that actually tries to adapt to the games. I wasn't a fan of it. I just found it yeah, very yeah. underwhelming. But at least it was trying yeah. somewhat. These movies just took bits and pieces. and Again,
0: it's a weird adaptation because it tries to mix one and two together, so you have the stuff going on in the mansion at the same time the outbreak happens, which Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, it's not the best. I enjoyed Welcome to Raccoon City, but I wasn't, like, blown away by
2: it. I went to see it kind of expecting a dumb zombie movie, and there's kind of bits I was kind of, like, because it was like the games, and then I walked out of it, it, was like, if I hadn't played the games, I just wouldn't care for this movie.
0: Yeah, well, there's some weird stuff in that movie where they're referencing like, stuff from Code Veronica, which I was like, why are you Referencing Code Veronica, that's got like nothing to do with this story at all. That was some weird stuff.
2: The director was very cocky. He was like, oh, if I do a sequel, it's going to be based on Resident Evil 4.
0: Okay, all right. Resident Evil 4 would just be a standalone film. I don't know if it would even work as a sequel. It's kind of like what they're doing with the new Silent Hill movie. I think they're adapting 2 and it's just called Return to Silent Hill. So it's not really a sequel so much as it is kind of like its own thing, I think. Which is the correct way to do it. I'm intrigued to see what they do with a Silent Hill 2 film. It'll be nice to see Pyramid Head in his actual habitat rather than the weird mess that he's in in the original Silent Hill film.
1: I'm interested to see whether they go with the original gross slimy design or if they keep the huge shredded shirtless pyramid head <laughs>
0: <laughs> the underlying homosexual tendencies of james <laughs> just looking at this ripped bod and going man that's the symbol of my guilt
1: <laughs> god look at that huge throbbing guilt <laughs>
0: zelda seeing ganondorf in the new the new <laughs> <delegate>. <laughs>
2: To wrap up, but do you want to discuss, like, our favourite moments of the game?
0: Yeah, I guess I'll go first. I'll, I'll need to think of There's a few moments that I'm very fond of, I guess. Yeah, like, the hospital, I think, in both games is pretty cool. I like that they reintroduce the hunters. I like the idea that, like, the hunters are kind of Jill's monster. It's interesting that they only really pop up in one and three. I'm going to pick something from the remake. I'm going to say the hospital in the remake because I thought that that was really well realized with both Carlos and with Jill as well but yeah I have a lot of fond memories of both games I think I really liked as well that initial element between the press office in, in the original game between the press office and the restaurant when Nemesis is chasing you I remember that that was kind of the moment that kind of sold me on the game because that was like one of the first moments that Nemesis is just chasing you through room after room after room and I thought that that was just so inspired. So one or the other, I have a lot of favourite moments. So
2: I have two. So one for gameplay, one just to cool moment that's happened in the game in general so get out of the way, the gameplay moment was that bit at the start where I think after you've escaped the police station and then you're in like the downtown route, Raccoon City, because I like just how open it all is. Have had the choice of where to go and it randomised. There are so many choices like you can choose where you go, what you do in the cutscenes it's such a cool place, Uh, but my favourite part of the whole game is of course the iconic choice you make at the end when you decide to kill Nemesis and go you want stars i'll give you stars it's just such a great sign off
0: it's perfect yeah very satisfying joe you're allowed to say the remake as well joe
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah my favorite moment is the whole remake (laughs) no i'm I'm gonna stick to the original i'm gonna gonna keep it og so yeah i think that opening stretch of just exploring the actual city a bit more is very cool until the point where it makes you backtrack but, like, actually seeing more of Raccoon City for the last opportunity is very cool. Yeah, yeah. Or alternatively, towards the end of the game, you get to a graveyard in a park. And as you get further in, suddenly zombie hands start punching out of the ground. Yeah. And, like, you've gone... Oh, yeah, that's cool. You've gone from a big empty area into suddenly being surrounded in quite narrow passageways between gravestones.
0: Yeah. And yeah. just suddenly throwing it... Going, like, Lucio Falchi, baby. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And throwing that at you halfway through the room, you're like,
0: Oh God, panic. And they were still figuring out ways to catch you off guard, which is great. And yeah, it's a nice nod to the Lucio Fulci zombie, which is one of, the, one of the only movies to actually have zombies rising from the graves. It doesn't happen that much. Even in like the Romero films, you don't really see zombies rise from graves.
1: It's because the modern zombie is turned by being bitten. I feel like that tends to happen quickly enough that people don't get buried before they turn.
0: Exactly, yeah. I think it may have been also, the influence may have been Night of the Living Dead starts in a graveyard, but it's not actually a zombie rising from the grave, it's just this weird shambling guy that they run into and you know he just happens to be in a graveyard because I guess it's a spooky old place to start a movie.
1: Zombies rising from the grave is more of like a pre-Romero zombie thing, like voodoo zombies. Voodoo
0: zombies are weird, because that's more like a mind control thing, but yeah,
2: anyway. Or kind of like an old school, like, Tales from the Crypts comic kind of thing.
0: Yeah, or like vampires, I guess, rising out of coffins, or...
2: Yeah, it's interesting, that. Anyway,
0: so I I love that there is that kind of nod to, like, really old-style horror of zombies rising from the grave. I think that's great. It
1: definitely caught me off guard this time. I was like, oh, fuck, didn't see that. (laughs) (laughs) i just
0: want to briefly mention i do think nemesis's intro in the original game where he appears and kills brad is pretty cool as well oh
2: yeah for sure no don't go (laughs) poor old
0: brad (laughs) And running into the police station, and then you also have the Nemesis music playing when you're in the police station, so you're not sure if he's gonna follow you or
1: not. Still banging on the door, yeah. Oh yeah, that creeps me out. Very creepy.
0: You think he's gonna follow you, and then later on he does start following you, so it's really well done.
1: He jumps through the wall. He was only born yesterday, he'd not figured out how to open doors yet.
0: (laughs) So he jumps through a window. (laughs) (laughs) So there we are, that's Resident Evil 3 Nemesis.
2: Stars... Next time in December, we're going to close out the year by finishing our look at the Lord of the Rings trilogy with Return of the King, which is the one where the age of men makes way for the time of the orc and John Noble eats tomatoes in a weird way. Woo.
0: <laughs> it's going to be a good old time watching that guy chewing on some tomatoes.
1: I've never seen this film sober, so this should be interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a cartoon of it as well. I'm going to try and watch Oh, that.
2: yeah, it's weird. Uh.
1: but Of Return of the King, really?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a TV movie. I know those cartoons are the other ones. The Return of the King one's weird. I've watched it. It's not great.
0: The Witch King of Angmar sounds like Skeletor, so I'm looking forward to that.
2: And the
1: praise.
0: Yeah, no, legit. <laughs> <laughs> then my master Sauron will defeat you. It's, <laughs> it's inspired, so I'm very excited for that.
1: That was a bit more Miss Piggy than Skeletor, Ewan. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> there we go. That's so awesome. Until December, we hope you have a wonderful Halloween or Blueberryween, and Blue Cross bids you farewell.
0: Happy Halloween, everyone! Stars, stars, stars.
1: It's king.